Good Monday morning, guys. My name is Jerry Miller, and this is Real Talk with Keith Smith. Thank you kindly for joining us. It's great to connect with you on the I Love Seville Network, a show today presented by Keller Williams Alliance. And one of Keller Williams Alliance's finest is in the studio, on the set. And, dude, he is such a pimp. Kerry Griggs, <laughs> 10, 15 seconds away. We'll give some props to Keith Smith. He uh, went up the eastern seaboard to the Manhattan, to the Big Apple. Did a, I think it was a 65-mile bike ride. He's in transit now, coming back to Charlottesville. Nikki Chambliss will join us today here as well, team leader at Keller Williams Alliance. The show is dynamic, so you, the viewer and listener, can offer perspective or ask the experts. And Carrie Griggs and Nikki Chambliss embody that moniker, experts. Judah, why don't we first go to the two-shot, and we'll welcome Carrie Griggs to the, to the show. Carrie, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Jerry. I'm doing great. Just living the dream. I love having you on the show. One of the few folks that come on the program that may have even more energy than yours truly, especially this early in the morning. My friend, since the last time we had you on the program, the chitter-chatter on Preston Avenue, on Main Street, up Rugby Road, and all over Central Virginia, it's Carrie Griggs is a real estate investor. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to step into the real estate investment side of things. You know, I've built homes, I've sold homes, and now, so I want to kind of just diversify my portfolio and the way I make income for me and my family. And so uh, investing in real estate and having a couple of rental properties is kind of the direction that I'll be moving, you know, and try to try to get one every quarter. So that's Dang, that's an ambitious uh, effort right there, Nikki Chambliss. One a quarter. Wow, we love an ambitious goal Go after there. it. So tell us about the first one. The first quarter? So yeah, I was able to secure my first rental property this first quarter. The business is doing great. I have some great folks on my team. I just uh, I brought on an, a, an agent with me, and uh, he seems to be doing pretty well. You know, when you step into this real estate real estate side of things it's like drinking from a fire hydrant there's just so much coming at you at all times and uh it's not you know you can run your business however you like you know there's so many different avenues that you can prospect for leads and clients and how to help families try to achieve their real estate goals and so you know he's going to be really really great and uh, I'm just super excited. I mean, uh, you know, we talked about the investment side of things, and it's an ambitious goal that I have. But you know what? Go big or go home. I like it. Nice. I like it. T-minus 30 seconds, Judah, from Nikki Chambliss, if you have that three-shot ready <laughs> so to go. So who is this new team we brought on? That's hey, what I want to know. Oh, I feel like that was okay. like a clickbait Yeah, so, uh, That was clickbait. Like, oh. that, who, who is <laughs> the new done. team yeah, member? So right I, I have a new guy. It's called a tease in the business. Yeah, it's a, a tease, tease right there. Yes. Now, his name is Sean Murphy, and I worked with him uh, in construction, and he's very meticulous, and he, he really pays attention to detail, and I think he's going to be very, very uh, well for clients when it comes to listening to their needs and knowing exactly where to put them into in the market. I think he's going to be a real, uh, keep your eye on him. I think he's going to be doing great. Ah, I like that. That voice you heard in the background is the distinguished, very intelligent, truly dynamic Nikki Chambliss, who is now on set. I was like, who are we talking about? The front, <laughs> the front woman of Cake Fight, team leader at Keller Williams Alliance, all around cool person. Um, she's on the program right now. New team uh, member on the Carrie Griggs oh, no, team. It's awesome. It's, it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So it's very interesting because in this kind of market where like, we're expecting some realtors to be like, peace out, right? That's kind of the expectation. We also have a lot who realize that there's an opportunity here because Carrie might be the most recent person to add a team member, but there are various people within our market center, our brokerage, where I'm having conversations about, hey, how do you build a team? And it's really cool because I can be like, hey, see, what this is what Carrie just did. Um. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I follow the Red Book. So, uh, you know, if you're not Tell us about it. Uh, familiar with that, that's a millionaire real estate agent. So uh, written by Gary Keller. Uh, so I read that or I listened to that on the audio. So um, ADHD kicks in and I can only sit still for about 30 minutes. So listening to it on audiobook is pretty good for me. Uh, but, you know, that's my superpower. I'll be honest with you. I can multitask. I can get things done. And uh, having been in the real estate game, uh, it really helps me uh, break out of the monotonous of like the daily routine. So I get to meet with clients. I get to sit down in front of my computer. But, uh, you know, it kind of has it outlined for you. 
and what has been proven successful for some other agents. So if it, it can work for them, it can work for me as well. This guy's crushing it. Brittany Gray giving you props. Hey, Brittany. Sean yeah. Hayes giving you props. Nice, thanks. Um, Tracy Burge giving Thank you some you, props. Tracy. Yeah, those are my rugby teammates right there. There you go. Yeah. Got the TV station down the road watching you guys here on Real Talk nice. with Keith Smith. Nice. Keith Smith watching what? here on Real Talk with Keith nice. Smith. Hey, Keith. You're on vacation. Keep you your eyes on the road there, Keith Smith. <laughs> yeah, right. How's the uh, second quarter going so far, Nikki? I mean, it's it's going. Like, the, the struggles we've been talking about for a few weeks are still struggles, right? That hasn't changed. Um, and it's interesting to hear, like, you know, I don't know, a year ago we were, were having very similar conversations, truly. Some of it's changing a little, some of that outlying areas are a little different, but it also depends. Like, Carrie and I were just talking the other day. You know, it depends on, on the pricing and the location and, you know, whether or not it, it's winning the, um, the the beauty pageant, really. Um, and one of the things we've talked about for weeks on the show is it also depends on how much work needs to be done. Because for a good year plus now, buyers don't want to have to do work. They want to be able to move in, maybe paint, and that's about it. Partly because it's really expensive and challenging to find somebody to do the work in any near future. How do you characterize the market? Truly, truly, truly still seller's market? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. It's been a seller's market. For a long time. Since I started in real estate, right? And even then, it was much more balanced when I started at the very, very end. Like, I really shouldn't even include 2016. I should have waited until January 1st and not had to pay an extra quarter of a... Association dues, but I was so eager and so excited that I wouldn't listen to anybody about that. So, um, no, it's been a seller's market since then. That hasn't changed. Has the market changed? Oh my God, yes. Yeah. So very much. But it's still been a seller's market. Now, the details of that market, and when we were looking at any particular area and those micro markets that we have, because all real estate is hyper local, right? That's where the conversations, I think sometimes we're like, oh, but is it really a seller's market? The technical answer is absolutely, and I understand why the question is being asked. And here's the answer to that, right? So that's a great yeah, take. I, I mean, you're right. Uh, it is. It's still a seller's market. We talked earlier in the beginning of this year that there we were going to feel a shift, but I'm not feeling it as much as I once thought it was. Now I know there. It takes a little while for the market to actually show what uh, the numbers that we're looking at. But right now the inventory is just so low that it's still competitive out mm-hmm. there. I submitted an offer on a property yesterday where they were collecting bids. Nine offers. Only been on the market two days. Oof. You know? And that's not even in the Charlottesville area. That's out. That's between Charlottesville and Richmond. I Can cover. I ask the price point? Uh, yeah, it was only uh, 270 Okay. You know, so that's, start, that's entry point? Entry level. And, yeah. you know, these buyers out here that are scrapping for these first-time homes... It's a very competitive market. And like I said, this is out in the country. You're about yeah. 45 minutes away from Charlottesville. All right. How about the follow-up question to this one? Okay. Is it more difficult now for first-time home buyers than it was during peak COVID? Ooh, when rates COVID. were three. Uh, when rates were two, seven, five. Here's the, here's, I'll set the stage and then get out of the way of the experts here. Okay. We have less inventory. Mm-hmm. That inventory has significantly appreciated in value since when rates were three, which was March of last year. Since March of last year, we've had double-digit appreciation. On top of that, rates have 2X'd. Mm-hmm. So while there's potentially less competition, potentially, rates have 2X and values have what? 12, 14, 15%, depending on the zip code yep. appreciation. Where do you guys want to go? Uh, I'll start that one. Uh, So do I think it's harder than what it was in peak COVID? No, not necessarily for first-time home buyers, only because you had those first-time home buyers that were in the market because they were getting a great interest rate and Uh the money was almost free. Let's be honest, at 2.75... It's free money. That's free money. Uh, And especially when it comes to purchasing a home. Right. Uh, So I think that with the interest rates, the Fed's raising the interest rate to slow down the market a little bit. I do think that that took some of the buying power from the buyers, so they may have to sit on the back burner. We're not seeing as many competitive offers that are in there, and I think people have had the opportunity to kind of adjust, educate themselves on the market since peak COVID, 
and be prepared for when they do are ready to make that offer. Such a fantastic take. There's a mm-hmm. Honda CRV on Market Street that's giving <laughs> Carrie props for that take <laughs> with the root of two toot of the horn right there. Uh, Nikki, jump in here. Your thoughts. I mean, it's live programming. I mean, she <laughs> can appreciate this as the front woman of Cape Fight. You never know what's going to happen oh, in downtown know. Charlottesville in yeah. a studio that is a storefront when <laughs> probably it should be inside the building and not at storefront level. You know, it just keeps it, it keeps it exciting, Thank right? You. Thank so, you, Nikki. you know, if we can't handle that, then our ADHD is probably going to hurt us in a lot of other ways. <laughs> there it I'm is. Pretty sure we're a trio of that. Hundred percent. Give house a cookie situation. I know. Judah's on. the one that's keeping us in line. You know what? Thank Somebody's got to keep us straight. Everybody needs a Judah. Um, there's only one though. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> what do you think? Do you no. think more challenging now? No, I no. like I 100 percent agree with Carrie, okay. and I'm not just saying that because he's sitting here. Because I will definitely disagree. We will disagree with I know each you other when needed, right? That's important, right? Yep. Or just have different perspectives on it I don't think it's harder um, I don't think it's easier it is different and that is one of that like I feel like I say that a lot but it's because it's true uh-huh. um, whether it's the perspective of a buyer or of a seller or of being an agent or a lot of our partner companies like we're all in this uh, beautiful mess together 100%. Right? Um, so no I think it is it's just different yeah. And for exactly the reasons that Carrie said. Do you think the, um, here's the follow up question when we get to this, and I'll throw this yeah. specifically to you, Carrie. If rates drop, does that make things better? Or does that thing make things more difficult and more bonanza? It's going to make it more bonanza only because you're going to see those people start to get back into the market that probably weren't financially ready, but they're going to take that risk because they have the ability to get a lower interest rate. And that's what everybody's talking about. Um, everybody's concerned about the interest rates or, you know, they're trying to get in at a good interest rate. And so once you get that, again, you know, you have the sellers that had, you know, refinanced at 2.75, and at that point, you might as well just keep your property and buy something else and use it as a rental because, again, it's free mm-hmm. money at that point. Um, I don't think. How it's much good. of the inventory pinch is those of us that got the 275s and don't want to get off it? I think there's. I think we got the equity, but we don't want to get off the rate. I think there's a good little bit of that. I'd say about, you know, if I had to just throw a number out there, I'd say probably 25% of the buyers are just really concerned about, well, I got this interest rate. I just had a conversation with somebody yesterday about selling their home, and they're like, well, I have less than 3% interest. I don't really, you know, I, I don't think that I can get a monthly payment much lower than that uh, at 6.5%. So, and I know that is happening in my arena, and I can only imagine that it's happening in other agents, you know, producing agents' arenas as well, uh, when they're sitting down to have that conversation. Let's give the godmother some props. Donna Patton herself. Oh, Woo! yeah. She's yeah. watching the show. How about Yay. that? That's a good nickname, right? The godmother? Actually, the godmother. Yes. Yeah. The godfather? She kinda... She's the godmother? Right? She's the one that comes and knocks this. on my office door when I mess up. Donna, and she's the like, godmother hey. Patton. I love it. Forever known. You are beloved on this set, Donna. That is uh, Michael Plecker also, also watching nice. the program. Long and Foster. Ness nice. Realty, hello. Lonnie Murray, hello. Kevin Higgins, hello. All right, this question for Nikki Chambliss. Uh, Summer, usually less because mm-hmm. of vacations. Yep. Expectation that? Yes. Even less inventory mm-hmm. this summer. Even less of everything. Okay. Truly. I really think that seasonality, I think we're seeing it. I think we saw it over winter, right? And I don't mean going back to like 2016, 2015, 2014 seasonality. That's just not the world we live in, right? Um, Why is that? Because the social, digital, mobile, everybody has access now? That combined with the lack of affordable housing, the lack of inventory, also when price it, increase. Also, when it's available, you jump. Yeah, well, I think, well, I think it's a matter of there's just not enough out there and people are tired. So, yes, seasonality, but the boom of spring and the lull of summer used to seem a little more extreme, but that's because there was more out there. There was more business to be had. So of course it seemed like there was more going on because there was. And so now there's not as much going on because there's a lack of inventory. And, and that's just gonna be our normal right now. I, that's not, we don't have a way to impact changing that in a great way in the near future, right? I think there's a lot of, well, there's a lot of talk and hopefully a lot of work that's going into trying to change that for the future, and yet I don't know how much headway we're making in that. I, don't, I um, completely you know, agree. I don't think we're making any headway. Probably yeah. not. Um, how um, far are your buyers going, Carrie? 
as far as what price point or as far as territory territory oh well so i cover a large territory i cover you know from richmond to stanton you know lynchburg to Culpeper. so you know uh, ideally, the the conversations that I'm having with buyers, if they don't specifically want to be in a certain area like Richmond or Charlottesville or Stanton, you know, the main conversation is 30 to 45 minutes out, right? And then you're going to touch all these surrounding counties. You're going to touch uh, Lake Monticello, Palmyra, Favannah, Louisa, um, you know, Ruckersville, Waynesboro, those kind of outcoves of Charlottesville. And that's only because it's a 30-minute commute. And, I mean, if it drops your price tag $150,000, $100,000, most people are willing to go that. Um, comments are coming in. We'll get to those right now. Joe uh, Albrecht. Yeah, giving my, you some props That's right my now. brother-in-law <laughs> right there. What's up, buddy? Uh, Shannon Curtis, hello. Welcome nice, to nice. the show. Hey. Um, this is coming in from someone who's looking for a little bit of an anonymity. Um, if okay. you're constantly losing the uh, battle to purchase a house and you have a rental that's coming up uh, where your lease is coming up for renewal, how do you navigate that dance? Uh, so I'm just going to start. I'm going to plug here. So you definitely need a trust advisor. You need a realtor. You need a realtor who's giving you really good advice and you need to truly consider what that good advice is. Um, because I know we run into that all day, every day. Where um, It's a common occurrence. Yeah, and we is. empathize. And for it you. is. And we totally we empathize. Yeah. And truly you have to look at your personal situation. And I do want you to piggyback onto this big time, but I want to like lay some foundational things. At our sales meeting last Tuesday, one of the questions that came up is, Hey, are you finding buyers now seem to be leaning a little more particular in a way that's helping them not win the deal, right? And what the conversation in the room ended up being was, well, what we're finding is, is a lot of the people who we taught and educated, they've either closed or they've decided to take a break. And so now we've got a new batch of buyers in. And I'm not saying that that's the person who is asking the question, but I'm trying to give some background conversation around this. So if what you're willing to do isn't what gets the home in the market, then it might be time to continue to rent. And I would seriously have some great conversations with your, your trust advisor that's your realtor, I would have some great conversations with your lender. And if they don't know what they're talking about, get you some new ones, right? Seriously? Yep. And I would recommend that for most things in life, whether it's your insurance, your cable internet, phone. Like, if it's not working well... Especially in this market. Get you some new ones. In this market, there's <laughs> really good people looking to provide really good service. And, and talk to them, though, because I, I will say one of the things that I find when I'm talking to people when I was working with buyers and sellers, and they would say, oh, this was my experience. And a lot of times I would ask questions around that. Well, hey, did you reach out? Did you share this with your person? And they're like, well, no. I'm like, well, we're not mind readers, right? So keep that in mind, too. We don't read your mind as much as it may seem like it sometimes. It's not how we roll. So I, I, I'll piggyback off Tack. that. So it really, you know, communication to me is key when it comes to dealing in real estate because uh, there's many facets to that scenario that I think would be helpful for the person that is losing and coming to a deadline of their rental being taken, uh, you know, uh, pushing up against that deadline. One, I would talk to the landlord and see if a month-to-month option would be available. Some landlords are not going to be uh, acceptable to that. So, um, you know, speak with your other trusted advisors so, and just figure out where those pain points are. As a real estate agent, I can kind of tell, uh, you know, just by having conversations, how much business they do. You know, are they communicating well? If I'm submitting an offer on my buyer's behalf, I always, always follow up with a phone call just to make sure that they've received it. I don't just send the email, here's your offer. So I just follow up with the agent and ask them, what does the seller find desirable? What would put our buyers in the best position and you usually you know they're going to tell us they want to know and they want to get they want to make the deal yeah they want to make a great offer for the seller saying hey look this is what we have on the table and so it's in their best interest to tell us what the seller is looking for and when you can do that you communicate with the other agents they're going to put your buyer in a much better position now there's certain things that you can't always control maybe you don't have that down payment fund or maybe Mm -hmm. you don't have those closing cost funds that's when you go back to your lender and you ask them, hey, are there any programs that I can do like a first and second mortgage? Uh, I know VHDA is a good one. VA is a 0% down. If you can kind of get creative and find a way to wrap those closing costs in there, if you can, or increase your purchase price, 
You know, that's not always desirable when you're going against multiple offers, but BHDA is a good example of a first and second mortgage where you're looking at this loan product and you don't necessarily have to come out of it with cash and it doesn't take any more risk to the sellers to accept your offer that way. And then also having your agents. You know, if you are losing deals, why are you losing deals? Does your agent follow up with the agent and ask them where your offer has fallen short? You know, those are just little tips and tricks that I try to do for my buyers so that you're not losing every single deal 10 times, right? You know, you might lose one or two of them. And, you know, we're professionals. We're in this business every single day. So we kind of get to see what happens every time we submit an offer. But if you have a first-time home buyer that's never been through this process before and they think that their agent's just telling them to raise the price or put in an escalation clause to get a little bit more, that's not always the case. And in order for you to learn and experience that, you got to feel that burn a little bit to know that, yes, this is the market you're in right now. Mm-hmm. And if Dude, you, no, that well, was the, one of the best takes ever right there. Amazing. That was awesome. And did you catch how he started with... That was great, Carrie. Go to Thank your you. landlord and see what can be done. Sure. Right? Because the worst they can say is no. And that's right. not thinking yeah. out of the box. That's yeah. called being a professional, giving yeah. good advice. Right. So I think that's a key thing to realize is... Sometimes I end up having conversations where I feel like we're saying think out of the box. And I'm like, no, that's not thinking out of the box. That's the standard. Yeah, if you're not meeting that standard, then we need some education. Keith sent us an email. Um, and uh, I've seen that. Did you see it? Yeah, twenty. It, the average is 22 days on market. Yeah, yeah. The Nash is national, right? Yeah. National um, average for days on market is 22. And I would say and you're even less around here. It's even it less is. around. Can yes. you check Paragon for DOM around here? I, I, I would can. imagine it's single digits, right? Yeah, I would say uh, seven average, days we'll or less. We'll keep talking while yeah, I'm yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Also, like, I think he looked specifically, because he always goes back to you, and I think it helps with consistency of what, Almar and Charleston? Well, he goes to Lake Monticello. Lake Monticello, that's right. That's because right. when he you does. have one point, then you a can baseline. compare. Yes, yeah, good call. Right? It's good call, good call. Um, so let me see. Well done, Nikki. Um, so DOM, this is what Keith sent us before the show. He sent it to myself, to Carrie, to Nikki, to QB, to Quentin, to Judah. National mm-hmm. Days on Market is 22. Yeah. We're talking like historically low DOM. Taylor Swift wrote a song about that. Sorry. <laughs> Did she? I don't know. I mean, it was 20 you know something. That? Sorry. 22. The headline <laughs> oh, of what he Swift. sent really? us yeah. is yeah, like Is the that. savagely unhealthy housing market back? Do you want to take, take a crack at this, Carrie? Anywhere you, any take you have on this? Uh, so I, I don't think that it's going to be as savage as what it was in 2021 2022 i think there's still opportunities in there and again you know i i talk about having the right agent all the time and the right people in your corner that's going to be title company agent lender um having those people in your corner and you just again get creative there are so many avenues that you can do you can do for sale by owners if there's a particular location that your client wants to be in you can always do driving for dollars where you go around and you find the distressed looking properties or maybe grown up yards somebody that may be uh, not living in state the absentee uh, properties that we have around or if you even just want to have a better manage on your timeline you know, if you know that your rents, uh, your rental is going to be up in six months, look at a new construction option. That would be a great option and get in the location that you want. I understand that it's not at a price point that everybody can afford, but those that can, you can kind of dictate your, uh, your timing. If you, if you want to be six months out, go ahead and start looking now if you know that your rental is not going to be the move that you're going to want to do. If you're going to stay here for long term, you want to kind of get ahead of the game. New, new, uh, new constructions are always a good option. So I don't think it's going to be as savage as what it has been in the last two years. It's definitely going to be tight, but I think as more inventory starts to come to the market, people will have that opportunity. And I don't know if y'all have noticed, but there's a lot of new construction, new communities popping up. So mm-hmm. it's going well. Uh, you are going to spend a little bit more days on market for new construction because people can't visualize it unless you have a model to walk through. And so I think that's going to be a little bit challenging for some of the construction. But I think it's a good avenue, though. Savage market, yes. Savage market, no. 22 days on market nationally is the baseline of the like article. Sa- is there like a... Is for the a- savage headline? <sighs> what, is that what that said? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm inclined to unhealthy. agree with Carrie in that it's not as savage as peak COVID. 
Uh, but no, Dio Wim and Carr or Lake Monticello is what? Eight, oh, nine? Um, yeah, a single digit. Sorry. It's got to so, be single digits. Yes. And actually, so I pulled more data because I wanted to be able to look at more things. And let me change it because now I'm like, oh, I should have just gone 4, for 4,500 homes often yeah. our baseline. Oftentimes, um, where folks go if they're looking to penetrate the market with a first-time purchase, although that neighborhood's changed and may be actually phasing out of the first-time home purchase, Lake Monticello, because you're probably looking, what, high twos for the distressed ones, threes yeah. mm. for the ones that are in um, good shape for a starter at Lake Monticello for an entry point? I would say okay, 350 so is a probably 350 entry point at Lake, for Lake I'm looking Monticello. at close in the last 30 days. Yeah. Lake Monticello, um, and I'm going to take out two outliers. One okay. was 132 days on market, one was 238. Okay, so those need serious work. Those, yeah. And then there's one that actually is much, much higher than the rest that I'm leaving in just for Kicks giggles. and giggles. Yes, I was like, oh, don't say that. 41, right? Okay, okay so I'm going to leave that one for now. Oh, just kidding. Wrong way. Reverse, reverse. Also, um, did you know in that Troy the Boppet thing, apparently you can win? Crystal Berry give, so, giving you props. Uh, Kevin yay. McMullen giving you props. More questions coming in here. Even Katie Pearl's got a comment oh, here. I love nice, Katie. Katie. So even with the 41 left in there, the average days on market for that last 30 days is seven. For Lake Monticello. Lake Monticello. Wow. Okay. Now, granted, I'm so not that, going very far back, but yeah. I just, I'm trying to take a look at various Seven DOM here. days on market for Lake Monticello. Katie Pearl says, I would month. say... Um, that the lake has a longer DOM than other Charlottesville area neighborhoods, but would love to hear what Carrie thinks about this. I would agree with Katie. Uh, seven days. If you're doing a deal in Charlottesville and you price it right and your seller's mm-hmm. reasonable, yeah, you got probably a max of three days. If you hear- would you go active Wednesday, open houses weekend, deadline Sunday, or deadline Monday, close of business? Yeah, for all typically folks? it goes coming soon on Wednesday, active Friday morning. Collecting offers over the weekend, open house on Sunday, decision made on Monday or Tuesday. So close you, up, what do you do? Where's your deadline? Close the business Monday for offers? Close the Monday business, yeah. Generally speaking, for and offers. sometimes that varies, okay. especially yes. if the sellers are out of town or out of country, right? Yeah, you'll see uh, some Tuesdays. From time to time, you'll see a Tuesday. So you agree with uh, Katie? KTP says Lake has probably longer DOM than some target Charlottesville City neighborhoods. Yes, I don't yeah, I see. I don't know. I feel like the when it's priced right, the lake has become so hot that it's much much closer than ever before. Like when I first started, the lake was different in that way, and that gap. What? Well, and that it was far, hmm? or the price? You're saying price? The days on market. Oh, dom. Yeah, okay, totally days on market. Gotcha. Like I think that gap has closed considerably. Yeah. So yeah, it's still different, but I don't think it's near as different. If you think a few years back. Totally different ballgame. Yeah. And it's all a totally different ballgame, right? 2007, 2008, you couldn't give away the houses at the lake. And people were complaining about the drive. They were complaining about 53, all that stuff. Now people are chomping at the bit to get at the lake. It's like less driving to the employer because it's more hybrid work from home. So the drive is less of an issue. The price point is still hot. Threes, like you said, mid threes. I mean, where are you going to find that? It's got a great sense of community. Yeah. I mean, it's hot. It's a town within itself. It's a town within itself. Mm-hmm. 4, you know. And it's been homes. growing. Yeah. Like, not just the number of homes in that neighborhood, because they're still building on the lots that do exist still, but the area has grown out a lot. Like, when I first moved, like, there was the food line and a couple of things, and now, and there were other aspects, too. Like, I think there's, I don't know when I first moved there if there was, but there's always been, like, a coffee shop in the area, right? Yeah. There's always been a few things, but that's built up a lot. Zan Crossroads has built up a ton. Like, I remember when that Walmart was first built. Yeah. There's a new uh, like, community And there's going just in there all, there's so much that's built up around these areas where it's like, you know what, they can work in Charlottesville and not do a single thing while they're here and handle everything there, either near the lake or Zion Crossroads. But if you look at, it, let's just go anywhere outside of Charlottesville or, you know, or Richmond. If you look at any of these communities around, I mean, you have North Point, which is north of Charlottesville. That one's growing so fast. You have, if you go towards the lake, you're going up 53. And before you go that roundabout, they're putting a new community there. Heck, even the ones that were across the lake already sold all the lots in there. I mean, it's... Old Trail, obviously, gangbusters out there. I mean, yeah. there's not enough land to put houses out there in Crozet. They just keep on consuming everything. I mean, it is, it's, it's growing everywhere. 
Jonathan um, Pushard um, for Nikki and Carrie, he says, while I understand the days on market are slim, when I'm doing my searches on the Realtor app, I'm noticing at the higher price points, there is inventory to choose from. Yeah, there is. But you're only going to touch about, well, let's put higher inventory. Let's just say 500000 or more. But what does that take your buyer pool down to about... 40% at that point that can actually afford a home over $500,000. I mean, you know, this this does not help the first-time home buyers that are just starting out with the families uh, and that's not a that's not a starter home. Uh, there is more inventory out there, that's for sure. There no denying that. Joshua Ostrowski is watching in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Hey, buddy. And he's giving Carrie some props right Oh man, right what now a great guy. On the program. Welcome Argentina to the show. The Carrie Griggs brand is evidently <laughs> global on the uh, I Love Seville Network this oh, particular morning. Thank you well guys. done, Carrie yeah. Griggs. Uh, so, this for Nikki, what changes in the last six months of the year, or is this what we're going to expect for the rest of the year, the first six months? I feel like so much of that depends on if anything big outside of the real estate arena happens. What are we right? talking? Bank? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That conversation's been going on. For most of the year. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. so for me, it's hard, and maybe it's the ADHD, but part of me is like, okay, that's now just white noise. I know it's happening. I want to stay like on top of what's going on, but it's almost like, okay, I'm tired of hearing about that until something actually happens. And not, not from a life perspective, big picture perspective, but from my day-to-day, hey, how does this impact real estate, Right. Same kind of thing that happened when COVID first hit, and I was having very regular conversations that were very redundant and needed with all of my clients, educating on, hey, what does this look like? How is this impacting? And a lot of it was, hey, you know, I don't know, and here's what my educated speculation would be based on A, B, C, D, E. Is the bank thing coming right. up with your clients? No. No? no? Okay. No. no. What, is there anything like that coming up? Scott Gillespie says, carry much respect. Hey, Scott. What's up? Um, what is the topic that's coming up with the, the supply chain that you guys deal with? You know, I, I'm kind of curious to see what would it actually take for the housing market to slow down because we've been, you know, if you think about the last three years, we were like, oh, well, you know, COVID's up, housing market's going to slow down because no one's going to be able to view houses. And I probably did one of my best years ever. I yes. mean, that's at least and what a lot of people did. Yeah, that's at least what got me started onto this next couple chapters of my my life, you know, building out a team, making uh, the transaction happen, helping as many families as we can try to help. I really thought it was going to slow things down, but no, not at all. It wasn't the COVID. It wasn't the the riots. Nothing. I mean, really, it's just kind of been no stop signs whatsoever. It's just so. What is of, the stop sign? I, that I don't know. I'm curious to is find it out. Rates. No, but it seems yeah, like rates have stalled. The rate, no. They've the, stalled, and the, they did impact buyers because no. the market's still moving. Is that what you? Yeah, I yeah. mean, I thought it was going to affect the business a little bit. I was like, you know, yes, it took some of the buying pool down, you know, as far as what they qualified for. Man, but there are still so many buyers out there in the market that have been searching, or that, like Nikki said earlier, we closed those buyers out, and so they already have a home now, and they're starting to live their best lives. But if can you imagine if you would have bought a house in 2020, 2019, you can mm-hmm. turn around and sell it right now, and you would have made, you know... We joke earlier before we got on air, 50% of the value in the house now. I mean, in reality, you could probably get about 30% equity out of that just off of a three-year purchase. Okay, so that's the position position our family is in. Yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. literally in that position. We talked about this briefly last week, but here's our plight. This we bought in March of 2020. Okay. And in March of 2020 was when we thought the world was coming to an end. Remember? We were like Mm -hmm. going in places with like... Latex gloves on, and <laughs> like suits. you know, space oh, yes. like people were wearing yeah. oh, in the sure. grocery stores. That's when we had to take our shoes off before coming in the house because yeah. we thought the the COVID was on the shoes. Oh, yeah. I disinfected my groceries. Remember that? Demand. We threw our bags away. I, I we stripped after going to the grocery store. Remember? Yes. Yeah. That literally yes. is what we did. Yes. I know. It's so crazy. So, but here's the problem, and we'll get to these comments that are coming in here. Here's the problem: the step up is also thirty to forty percent more expensive yeah you're and right the step up is got a rate that's a six or yeah. a high five you're right so it, that equity gets eroded and then the monthly payment is substantially more 
You're right. It it is. Uh, you know, we're we're living in crazy times right now. Uh, as far as like the real estate goes, it's like the wild west. Uh, you know, you can try to predict it. You can try to, um, you know, get ahead of it. But honestly, you, I don't know how you're going to do it. You know, you just uh, when preparation goes with like expectations you know you get a nice little successful combination right there and if you are educating yourself on the market you know we do this day in and day out you know i have a daily routine that i follow and it's helped me be successful what is the routine uh, i would love know, to know that i get up in the morning times early i'm up around six o'clock and every then, day uh it's, it's most days yeah and then i try to do my morning routine do uh you know, look at social media, make sure I'm ahead of all things, check my emails in the office by 9, um, maybe 9.30 as I'm fielding emails. I check the market every morning. I try to check the market three times a day in the morning time, see what has come over overnight at lunchtime to see if any agents got any new markets, uh, new houses to the market. And then I check it at the end of the day to see if, uh, you know, let's say around 7 o'clock, you're going to see all the houses that are going to be dropped on the market that day. This and, is a man with a plan right here. And then you mm-hmm. send that out to your clients. Your day starts the day before, so you send that out to your clients to see if there's any interest in that so you can get ahead of the game. And so if you're constantly preparing for those moments to be ahead of the market and understand that, you know, you got to... I joke with my family all the time, and they give me a hard time, but I work seven days a week, and what I consider work now is, you know, I'm on my phone right here, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. you know, it's, it's easy stuff. Even if it's we're not, not on our phone, a, we're working. Yeah, it's not we're swinging a hammer. We're consuming our mind with work. Yep. We're, Are we're, you not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Always yeah. going. Constantly. Yeah. We're really? trying to constantly just be in touch with people, but... Um, you I have know, a hard time explaining that to people. I have a hard time explaining that to, like, family, to my better half. Like it, have the conversation with J Dubs here. Like you know, there's, there's there's some reels that can help with that. Yeah, yeah. But, well, I mean, <laughs> leaving when you walk out the door, being able to leave it. Yeah, I, it, I haven't been able to do that in 15 years. So uh, I I there's three phases for me. I call it one's a job, one's a career, and one's a lifestyle. I have a lifestyle in Same. real estate, you know, and I'm constantly networking. I'm meeting great people, meeting new people, not to necessarily sell them a house, uh, but I always joke mm-hmm. around. If uh, I'm in a room of 100 people, only two of them are going to probably want to buy or sell. But I try to utilize all that. You know, there might be plumbers, lawyers, carpenters, things that I need in my life. And so I connect with them. And so when my clients say, hey, do you know somebody? I'm like, yeah, I had a friend do that this morning. He's like, hey, do you know a handyman? Yep, here you go. Right? And so you're constantly meeting new people. I don't come from the Charlottesville area. I'm actually from Oklahoma. So um, when I came here, I had to create, you know, you always hear real estate agents say, work with your sphere. Well, I had a very small sphere, so I had to do something that increased my sphere quickly. And so that's why I'm always meeting everybody in a room. You guys should play, like, the last 20 minutes of what Carrie's been saying on the show and the Keller Williams, like, rookie, what do you call it, the, uh, the team Amanda's running? Yeah, yep, Alliance yeah. Home Team, yeah. part of their intro. You know what, they have yeah, this, like, actually, incubator team where yes. the uh, new to the team at KWA, they go down to Amanda Spagoni. This well, has so, been, like, a tutorial. Okay, but also, so keep it's in tough, mind, yeah. this man is the networking king. I know he is. Uh, it's incredible, like, legit. And he's got relentless um, energy, and he's yes. extremely likable. Well, he's putting well, in the work. You. But part of it, like, would you have this relentless energy if this weren't something you were passionate Great about? Great question. Right, because uh, that's... No. No, honestly, I don't think so. I've had jobs where it's, uh, well, it was just, that's what it was. It was a job. Well, your boys were talking about it. I mean, look at this comment that just came in. I've known him back when he was hammering nails for someone else (laughs) back in 2008 when he was swinging a hammer. This is from Scott. So, like, they've known you, and they've seen the transformation, mm -hmm. and that's why his digital network is literally, like, giving him props on this, like, yeah, blossoming. I'll be yeah. honest. The uh, swing and the hammer were very humbling experience for me. I was uh, thought people looked down on me because of it, and they weren't looking down on me. They were trying to figure out what I was doing. The guys that were walking around the job sites in suits, they were looking over my shoulder to figure out how I was doing what I was doing. Where I thought they was looking down on me, and it just goes to show that you know you never judge a book by its cover. Because on the other side of this, you, you don't know anybody's story, mm-hmm. and I'm very very fortunate to be where I am. Uh, you know I was talking to my wife and seven years ago you know I was living paycheck to paycheck and my electricity got shut off 
uh, we had to go without heat, and we just had a brand new baby, and so it doesn't take long to change it once you put the plan in action. Dang, dude! I know Tell that story. To, yeah, to, for real. Tell that's that story. my success story, man. Uh, you the know, the vulnerability of not having the heat with the baby. Tell oh that man, story. it was. Uh, that's you know, humbling. I was scared. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I I had to borrow two hundred and fifty dollars from my father-in-law to get my electric cut back on. So this is scary at its rawest form. But you know, I'm very fortunate today. You know, I can. Uh, not to sound cocky or arrogant, but I can buy without looking at the price tag sometimes. Mm-hmm. I can take my wife out to dinner and not yes. have to worry about what the bill is going to look like. She reminded me this morning, she said it wasn't not too long ago we'd have to check our bank account before we got gas. And I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. It feels good. You put in the work and you, well, two things. This is a twofold. You put in the work and the work will take care of you, right? And then surround yourself with great people that are going to level you up because that right there is going to be the key thing is being around people that are going to level you up and that's going to be your friends your peers don't forget where you came from but also don't be afraid to excel i love it yes well no he's incredible and i love it because one of the things that i've heard him say a whole bunch over the last few years has been talking about hey i'm not trying to do this but for so many years because he's trying to build a team and something that can grow and grow beyond him and without him and diversify his income streams, like this whole investment property thing, this is new to you, and you're just getting started. Walk us through what you did with the investment property. I mean, just give us anything you can say. To, yeah, you know, so the mechanics I, of the deal, anything, your like plan, what I was your vision. Telling, I would love to hear that. People love that stuff. Too. What I was telling yeah. you earlier? Yeah, yeah. How, okay, so I had a scenario where, um, you know, the this guy... This is great, guys. Listen to this. The guy was uh, going into foreclosure, and I asked him, I said, you know, how, how long do I have? And he said, you know, it goes to the auction steps in six days. And I was like, wow, I can't even get listing photos in that amount of time i mean i realistically so we approached you about selling his house yes six days before it was going to foreclosure yes and so um i i told him i can you know try to find somebody to do it with cash and it was in an area that they weren't willing to go and so i offered him you know he told me what he wanted for it and then i said why don't i give you a little bit more so that you can walk away from this with something in your hand i said let me keep it from going into foreclosure for you so i called the asset manager for and the attorney for it and so i said listen i'll pay you this set amount which was more than what he was asking for because i didn't want to feel like i was taking advantage of him um and i wanted him to walk away with a win and i told him i'll pay all your closing costs I said, I'll take care of everything. I also gave him anything in the house that he wanted, the appliances, which wasn't any good for me because I would have to totally renovate it in general. But it was a win-win for us both. And so my goal, again, is you know to make this uh, a Section 8 rental so that, one, uh, I'm of creating affordable housing in the communities that I want to be in, and two, just to be helpful. You know, I think this is a big problem. And, you know, if the government gives vouchers for that, it makes a whole lot of relief on the families that truly need it. You know, you're using it to get back on your feet. I think there needs to be more of that. I can't tell you how many Section 8 prospects that I see that they're just like, there's not enough inventory. So my goal is to have uh, a door or, you know, buy an investment property every quarter and to eventually... so. 10 investment properties will take care of all my living. 20 will set me financially free where I don't have to work anymore. And 200 doors are my goal. So that's. So when you talk about doors, because you started, you almost went there and then you corrected, I think, to make sure people understood what you're saying. When we're talking doors, because right now, what do you have? Is it a um, a detached property? Yep, it's just a single family detached property Mm -hmm. with a yard. You know, it's. Where's it at? It's in Stanton. Okay. Uh, It's small, uh, but, you know, I kind of want to keep it that way so that it's easy, manageable for, uh, you know, aging folks or people starting out and um you know it just seems to be easier to maintain the smaller properties don't get me wrong everybody wants a big house because you can store it with lots of stuff but for those people that need help Mm -hmm. you know and they're just trying to get on their feet let's start them off with something small uh 200 doors is the actual doors itself uh you know so uh, i'm I would ideally like to have like a 16-unit apartment complex. Uh, that's going to be one of my next goals. I dabble in the commercial space as well. I showed a church this weekend, which was fantastic. Okay. Where was that? Nice. It was uh, over there in Goochland County. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I, I am getting a little bit more 
uh, creative with this stuff. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. all trial and error. Let's be honest with each other. Um, you know, there's no handbook on There's no plan. No, yeah. I mean, it's like being to, a parent. You have to try it. What sticks? Yeah, and yeah. you kind of got guidelines and you can educate yourself on it. But, you know, at the end of the day, there's so many avenues that you can go down. And everybody runs their business yes. a little bit differently. All yeah. my units are going to be Section 8 units. A lot of people is like, well, Walk why? us through the Section 8. Like yes. the, how the Section 8 model works. Like how do you get – like I legitimately have no idea and I legitimately want so to learn I, and I think other people do. I'm still, well. I'm still learning the process myself, but you have to apply for the Section 8 as well. Apply and, with whom or uh, what? So that's going to be um, – there's paperwork that you can fill. It's actually going to Section 8. You can pull that paperwork and the documentation out. I actually bought a course just for Section 8 because I knew this is in the direction that I wanted to go uh, just so I can create affordable housing across the board. So you can uh, Google it, Section okay. 8 uh, housing, and you can get the form there, and then you just submit it to the website that they uh, – the email address, you put it back in their hands. And so – you know, this is me. Uh, you can walk with me on my adventure. Talk to me next month. I'll have a little Dude, bit more detail. you know detail. what would be freaking yes. amazing? I sincerely mean this. This is just a free advice from someone who does this. Create, like, uh, make this part of your professional brand mm-hmm. and do, like, the flipbook story of you becoming a real estate investor specializing specifically in the nice. Section 8 space and legitimately, like, document every yes. step well and i think if you document every step of being a section eight landlord that you will effing have it will go viral <laughs> and then your following will will get huge well, i sincerely I, believe i that. might mm-hmm. i might have to do that honestly yes. like i said i'm i want to create the affordable housing right because there's a need for it and you know just help as many families as i can well and this then, is serious this is like being a social entrepreneur or a conscious capitalist someone who can run a business in the black and make a profit but do it in a way that makes the community yes. better yeah that's what he's talking about doing so the stigma with section eight is that like uh, maybe the property is not as well taken care of stuff like that you're saying that's not necessarily the case here or we're uh, about to find out uh, well i that's where i'm going with that i mean i i think it's going to be just fine i mean you vet your tenants like you would any other process and quite frankly if they're getting the assistance from the government they don't want to lose that voucher either and so they're not i feel they're not going to destroy it if you vet them well and there's the application process that everybody has to go through and if you just vet your tenants well I think they're going to take care of your property for a while. Well, and here's the other side of that. And I don't know all the details because it's been a minute since I've looked at them. But they have additional requirements. And so as, as yeah. an investor, you have a little more paperwork. But for your tenant, they have requirements above and beyond what you can put as a yeah. landlord that they have to follow or they don't get to keep doing this. So, from so my- they're highly motivated to make this work. This is truly a win-win that from you're my creating. education process you know there has to be a, a an inspection every single year without fail so they have to come in know as one for the landlord you know they're going to come in and make sure that it is up to par with what the standard of living is going to be and that's a great opportunity for me as the landlord to see how the tenant has been living and treating my property as well now again i would put it into the leasing terms of that to have access you know every 120 days to do a quarterly inspection just to make sure that the uh, property is how it was when I let them use it and to make sure that no damages. But I think there's some things that you can do to help yourself as well. You know, taking out the dishwasher, right? That's a luxury item, not necessarily a necessity. Uh, no ceiling fans, things like that. Things that are going to eliminate your risk as a landlord, I think is going to be extremely helpful, right? These are going to be your basic needs that you have, not luxury items. This comment's come in, multiple comments. People are loving this story here. Um, fantastic story, very inspiring. This is from Jennifer Sherling. She says, tough to find $40,000 deals, though, if you're not in the business. Is that right? Uh, yeah, uh, but again, you know, it, it could be anything, you, you know, it... It just happened to be this small of a deal, but uh, you can do it with land. You can do it with all kinds of things. Um, you know, this one is in truly need of work. I mean, 
Uh, I wish I could show pictures of it. Um, but you see them driving around all the time. Uh, I like to call it driving for dollars. And you just look around and, you know, unfortunately, not all houses are going to qualify for financing. But it's, you know, look at it. And being that I come from a contractor background, I feel like I have a little bit of an advantage on that front. Yeah. Because I can kind of just... Carrie, you got a lot going for you. I, I, when I say it out loud, it sounds a little weird. But, um, you know, all the background things that I've done to lead me up to this, I realized that I have always been involved in housing at some point. But, I mean... Uh, you know, you drive down the road, you see a house that has been caught on fire. Well, if you look at it, it still has a functional foundation. You have plumbing, you have uh, the wires ran for the electrical. So now all you have to do is put it back to uh, framing and building and a roof. I mean, I'm probably going to spend just as much, if not more, on the renovations than I did when I bought the property. So you have to just take that in consideration and then you can do it turn around and do the Burr method, right? Real estate investors mm-hmm. out there know what that is. That's by uh, renovate, uh, rent, and then refinance. So, you know, you get creative and things like that. And if you need some help, do an FHA 203K loan to purchase that property, then put the money into it that you need. So there's so many different products that you can use, and that's only 3.5% down. Uh, that's, that's their money. That's other people's money that you're using to flip a home that you just went out and drove and you, uh, I call it skip tracing, where you contact the, um, maybe I'm getting myself in trouble here, but you contact the homeowner from the GIS and you ask them, hey, would you be willing to sell your property? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right? Uh, Public record. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Public record and you just find, you Google them, research them, and then you ask them. As long as they're not on the do not call registry. Right. There you go. That's what I was saying. That's the thing. A lot of people don't realize this, but like you can pretty much figure out who owns any property yeah go to i mean the unless GIS. It, if it's even if it's owned by an llc you can kind of backdoor that as well yeah it's just on the gis yeah just drive around for dollars you see that distressed one with the with the grass growed up in the yard and the gutters falling down they may be an absentee owner they may not live there but they may live in another state or inherited something mm-hmm. that they don't want to pay taxes on anymore if you can give them bring them a bring them a price that they're willing to settle for and then you turn around like i said fha 203k is a three and a half percent down loan that you can borrow two, three hundred thousand dollars and do your renovations, put a tenant in there, or even just turn around and resell it. Love it. There's so many creative ways that you can do. There's no reason not to be able to be successful. Your boy Kyle Miller giving you some props. He does Kyle, a lot of this stuff. He does, man. Stuff. Kyle's a great dude. What's yeah. up, Kyle? He's a real estate investor. You know what? So he's I like, watching now. He's a podcaster, too. You know Kyle. what? I want to say thank you, Kyle. He had a sit-down meeting with me as mm-hmm. I was going through these beginning stages of it. So I appreciate you, Kyle. Kyle, Kyle you're, uh, you're a good guy. He's come on uh, the network a couple times. Yep. Nikki, what's on the uh, mind over there? Okay, so the more recent comment was about you Jennifer can only Shaw. find these things if you're in real estate. Essentially, I, she's saying if you're an insider. That's the no, only No, I would disagree. I think that it depends. There are lots of people who are insiders who don't have investment properties at all. No. Like, that was a recent thing that happened last week where I was like, oh, my gosh. I was having a conversation with actually two director of operations in our building. And I was like, you know, I want your goals and dreams to be bigger than this. I want you to be able to do so much more. And I know you can. You guys are brilliant and wonderful. And wouldn't it be cool if everyone in our brokerage had an investment property? Mm-hmm. Everyone. Because we're all in real estate. Why wouldn't we not? But one of my first accesses to solid information um, about investing was bigger pockets. Yeah. And a lot of those stories that I heard, even though a lot of the people who run that industry, that, that business that has become quite the booming business in various arms, the whole octopus going on there, um, they have their real estate license now, but they didn't start out that way. No. Not and at all. As a matter of fact, they took a while before they finally like gave in and got their license because it just, you know, they finally decided, you know, I don't want to pay realtors right now. I want, I'd rather have that be another arm of my business. But they didn't do that until that made sense as a business. And it didn't for a while for them. But they were out there actively looking, researching, finding their jam. And like you mentioned, like everybody's business looks different. There's a lot of fundamental keys and best practices that if you do work for you, you just have to find that thing, like in real estate even, like what's your jam? For a lot of us, our sphere of influence is one of our major jams, right? Not for everybody though. Not everyone follows that. Some of us are introverted and are like, you know what? That's not the way I'm doing this. Or we move from out of town and we're like, hey, you know what? I don't have a sphere yet. 
and I don't want to wait until I grow that, and I don't, you know, even if that's quickly. And so I'm going to go this route. Like, you know, the owners who are, what my words just totally left my brain, people who don't live there but own the Absentee owners. Absentee owners. owners. Thank you. I'm like, yeah. I know the words. Y'all help yeah. me here. Yeah. Um, I love that So strategy. there are just a lot of different things there. So, you know, you don't have to be a realtor. Katie Pearl um, and Katie, I... 100% agree with what you just said here. She goes, I love Kerry so much. He's so willing to share knowledge. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, you give, it's, it's amazing. If you give more than you take, you end up winning at the end. Amen to that. But that you know what so I realized? That, um, you know, I can give you guys my secret sauce, and only 5 to 10% are actually going exactly. to take that advice and try exactly. to do something with it. And then they're going to choose a different path based on yeah. the secret sauce. And out, out of that 5 or 10% that actually going to take that advice, there's only going to be like maybe 1 or 2% that actually follow through with right. any of it. So it's so. not like it's actually competition. It's not. And you know what? I've, I do it about... It took me a while to learn that. I, did yeah. about, I do about 8 to 10 grand worth of self-education every year, right? I buy courses. That's a lot. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, you know what? I, I told you my... You spend 8 to 10,000. Did you hear that dude this i swear to god you should take this entire show and play it for like a kwa training well, seminar. i mean you spend eight to ten thousand dollars a year of incremental revenue out of pocket every year yeah Never remember myself. seven years ago that's legit dude. there wasn't Thanks, power man. in the house yeah there wasn't no power in the house man and in there that's what i'm saying went after it and now it's no power in the yeah. house with a newborn baby yep. yeah yeah uh, right and was willing to share that too. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, that one. That we appreciate you so much. I legitimately was like choking up over here when he was <laughs> yeah. telling that story. I mean, I think he knew that too. You know yeah. that when you stop learning and you think you know it all, that's when it's going to catch you. And uh, like I said, there's so many highly successful people that just are super creative. I've been following a guy. He starts LLCs and is able to get no lo- uh, no document loans with uh, banks like Truist and Navy Federal with a brand new LLC for $50,000. Yeah, up to 50K. Yeah. yeah. And then he goes and he puts that into an automated business and now he's a millionaire at 28. And I mean, just people like that. I bought his course too and I'm learning mm-hmm. all about the credit scores and things like that. And even though I know most of this stuff, if I can take one little nugget out of that course, I am better off than what I was when I started it. And so I do a lot of self-education and I've been able to, like I said, be surrounded full of people that think big. I don't call my team a real estate team. We're a wealth building team, right? We sit down every week and we go over our goals. Our yearly goal, it's called a 411. It's in the red book, Keller Williams, millionaire real estate agent. It's a, it's uh, what your goals are for the year, what your goals are for the month, and what your goals are for the week. And I hold my team accountable to that, and we have to go through that. And uh, they hold personal me ac- goals or both. team goals, both, both. Yes. Yeah, because awesome. I don't feel awesome. like you can just disconnect from no. this. So you know, my team members, you know, they want to own investment properties, you know, and so I got a new agent coming on, so I make him think big, and so I'm like, that's you know, think so big that it scares you, or that other people may laugh at you when uh, you tell them their dreams. I told people years ago that I wanted to be a millionaire, and everybody laughed. My wife was commenting on this this morning. She's like, but they're not going to be laughing in a couple of years, are they? And I'm like, no, I guess not. Nah, dude, your wife sounds <laughs> Good amazing. Good for her. Oh, yeah. man. She Amanda, is. I love yeah. you. She is yes. 100% like my person. Kyle Miller um, loves what he's hearing right now. He says, what's yeah. up, guys? He gives the uh, strong emoji. Um, and a follow-up to Jennifer's comment from Thomas. Well, if you want the inside information, sounds like you need to get with Carrie or Nikki. <laughs> I mean, that's Thomas's comment. I mean, to, to Jennifer's you're comment, she goes, do you only get the 40K deals if you're in the business and you're an insider? No, you can work mm-hmm. alongside an insider and they can pass yeah. it along to you. And DeAndre McDonald oh told the story. You came on the show with She's her, right? incredible. The yes. hotel? Yes. She got that yes. hotel hookup from KWF. And here's the thing. I will tell you straight up, one of the things that as a new agent that I struggled with was the fact that people just automatically had mistrust for me. Yeah. And if I didn't have realtor behind my name, now I will I will say there's solid reason and I built trust and now I have a confidence and I have a knowledge around what I'm doing that took a good year to three to really build and it does sometimes. Actually three years is the magic year, I'm just mm-hmm. saying. Three years is where it's at. If you make it then you're good and you know you like it. And if you're still unsure, you might wanna reconsider right but had i not had my realtor's license some of the conversations i had with people they would not have had the automatic mistrust so like there's there's a there are two sides to that coin and heck there's even a little edge to it i'm just saying there's all sorts of ways to take a look at this you can do it whichever way it is you want to do it but do you want to do it what are you willing to do for it 
Yeah. My clients always come first, too. I see, I walk through, I try to go through about four or five properties a day. Uh, you know, Fridays, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are my prime times. That's my work week. And then Mondays are when I clean up everything from the weekend. So realistically, Wednesday would probably be my weekend. Um, but my clients always come first, you know. If we go through, an, if we go through a property and... Um, I'm either representing the buyer and they want that property. I would never in a million years consider purchasing that for myself. You know, I'm not that kind of guy and my clients always come first. If I have a seller that I think I can help, that is going to go onto the market and we're going to try to get you as much profit in the shortest amount of time that we can. If there is no solution that I have for them and um, you know, I can't help them out. I tell them I'm very upfront with them and say this is too short of a timeline, or I don't think we can list it for the price tag that you're saying. I'm not going to inflate my uh, your comps just so that I can get a listing for your house to set on there. I would rather underpromise and overdeliver every single time than um, you know just kind of fill your head with rainbows and butterflies. Uh, but when it, about the insider thing, you know, I seen a guy that was in need and I didn't see any other solution. You for helped him. him. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, you helped him. I gave him more than what he was asking that for. That was win-win. Yeah, and so, and like I said, he was able to... I, I have I, no problem with that. Yeah, I, I told him, take your appliances, take everything, sell yeah. whatever you can. You I said, make money. The house next door had just caught on fire and burnt the side of his house. He got a settlement check from the insurance company because it had burnt the side of his house and he didn't have electricity on it. I was like, you know, keep that money too. I was like, don't even worry about the repairs because I had to do so many repairs to it anyway. And I'm like, you know, well, just take you know it. What? And can we, can we talk about that a little more? Because um, some of the feedback we're getting, let me mention, this is a house that no one else in the market would have been able to, would have wanted or been able to purchase financed. No, no, it wouldn't right? have qualified financially. So you're not taking away from the inventory that's on the market. And I think that's a really key thing. And even if you were, you're providing a rental. Yeah. And yet usually what I find in the things that like you and I talk about, Carrie, are finding properties that you're, you're fixing things up. You're actually adding value to the market. 100%. You're adding, yeah. you're not taking away from someone else who would want to buy. It's not the same thing. Beth Marcus on Ivy Road, Farmington, just shared the show. Kevin Petit says, let's go, Carrie. Yeah. With the exclamation points. Nice. Dude is on point, man. You want uh, Nikki and, and, and Carrie fighting your battles, guys, in this world we call real estate. Real. These people um, epitomize character and morals and, and do anything for their clients. How about a, uh, some closing thoughts for the viewers and listeners? I genuinely think, Donna, if you're watching this program... You should be playing this show for the introduction of uh, the rookie realtors at KWA here. This guy has got is, is a wealth of knowledge, and you communicate it well, and you yes. communicate it in a well in a way that is like approachable, where you're not coming mm -hmm. across as like a know-it-all, um, which is like even better. I, I still have plenty to learn, and I learn every day from people that are way more successful than I am, and I take that, and I just try to surround myself with people like that. And, you know, if I had any closing statements for those buyers that are getting beat up in the market, hang in there. Mm -hmm. there, is a silver, uh, there is some silver lining in there. That perfect house will come onto the market, and that will be the, you'll realize all the no's that you've gotten to this point and why it has made so much sense when you land that perfect one for the sellers out there. Uh, be kind, you know, be reasonable. Uh, you know, we're out here to help you as well. Uh, and I think that if we just do what we say we're going to do and do it with integrity, it's going to be a win-win for everybody. Well said. Same, same uh, out for you, Nikki. Oh, gosh. I don't even know what to say following that. I'm just saying. I, I don't have words. Oh, you got no, it. No, I, I don't know. I get it can be exhausting. It can be hard out there. And it can be frustrating. Like the, the low inventory can get really, really frustrating. And I would say take a look at what it is that, that you want what that timeline is, because that's one of the things we take a look at. Maybe the thing that you think you want, maybe that's the 10, 15 year. Maybe you need a five year. Maybe you need a three year and it stays as an investment. You know, stair get step in the game. that. Stair step it. Yeah. Get in. Do something, right? Have something. Have, have a part in the game at all. Don't just keep sitting on the sidelines unless mm -hmm. you want to. If you want to sit on the sidelines, more power to you. There are... Uh, there are so many valid reasons to do that. 
And yet the thing that I'm going to talk about on this show is encouraging you not to because I have found incredible value and life change in being able to own my own home, which I did not when I first started as a realtor. Becoming a realtor was part of how I was able to do that, right? Enter the game of home ownership, know what I was doing, be able to help, be able to find a property that actually mine was financeable, but it wasn't something anyone else wanted and was willing to pay the price (laughs) I was for it, right? And it still shows that because it's still a work in progress. But get in the game. Start somewhere and have a plan forward, knowing that you're probably going to have to shift that plan. But if you don't know where you're going, then you're just kind of floating around. Awesome. And this is not a market to just be floating around in. Yeah, I love the show. I do too. <laughs> it's I, so honestly, fun. it's, it's awesome. a lot of fun. I yeah. get to hang out with friends. As I'm like I energized, dude. Yeah. I seriously love doing it. It's a great this. way to start a Monday. It's, it's, I know, seriously. <laughs> Especially for a Monday morning. Now I'm yeah. just I'm like, let's go. Like, I'm ready yes. to, like, just go. Um, I just want to, like, have Carrie around all the time. I mean, he's so it's great. It's pretty awesome, I have to I, say, because I have him around all the time. Are you are you an office guy, or are you, like, a floater? Is this positive energy in the office, too? I hope so. I this hope is that... how he rolls all the time. Yeah, yeah, I just love it. I love it. Yes. It's, it's inspiring. Yes. Um, guys, Carrie Griggs, Nikki Chambliss, just fantastic people. Um, love when they come on the show. Nikki welcomes Carrie often. I hope she does it even more. Yes. Nikki, thank you for lighting this interview up. Judah, thank you for executing the show today. The I Love Seville show is thank up you, in an hour and six minutes. If you didn't find this inspiring, I don't know what's going to inspire you. The entire <laughs> show will be archived at realtalkwithkeithsmith.com and maybe in the KWA handbook moving forward <laughs> as well. Um, thank you kindly thank for you joining us. We will yeah. see you in an hour. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Awesome. Well done. Oh Thanks, my gosh, guys. that was incredible. Thank you, Carrie. Oh, yeah. Yay. Well, hey, I want y'all to come with me on my uh, Section 8 real estate.